let's give God a hand clap of praise, especially if you know that God deserves all of the honor and all of the praise. If you know that God deserves all of the honor and all of the praise, I dare you to take a few minutes and just give God some praise in this place. I dare you to take a few minutes and just worship God. Give God some praise and give God some honor. If you know that if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you don't know where you'd be or if you'd be here today. God, we give you all the honor and all the glory. God, as we come before your presence on today, God, we tell you thank you for your word. We tell you thank you for your presence. God, and we pray that you always get the glory out of our lives. Now, God, as we go into your word, we ask that you remove me, God, so that they can only see you. God, hush up my voice so that they can only hear your voice. God, we pray that your word is powerful enough to affect change and impact change in the lives of all those that are receiving and hearing on today. God, we love and adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We are so grateful that you have chosen to worship with us in the building or via live stream. And we're so honored that God has allowed us to see just another day above ground. I, I like saying that. I'm just grateful that God has given somebody scream another day to be above ground. Listen, we have been doing a series, and we are closing out today the three-part series. We've been talking about six spirits that I will never take back into my life. And as we close out part three, I want you guys to focus on those spirits, and I want you guys to micromanage those spirits in your life. And I want you to be able to say, I am micromanaging these spirits because they are never welcome back into my life. These are spirits that are coming out to um, kill you. These are spirits that are coming to death dominate you but I am telling you that you have control over these spirits so that you can go ahead and fight the enemy on your own territory and somebody just declare I will never take you back Come on, we're going to start as we always do, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. I am telling you that you have the power to rebuke spirits because once you gave Christ your hand and your heart, it made you a new creature. You are a new creation. You are different. You're not the same way you used to be. And that's why the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, somebody say, I'm in Christ. Somebody say, I'm in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, then he is what? A new creation. That means the new me has come. Somebody declare in your spirit, the new me has come. Somebody declare in your spirit, the new me has come. Listen, I'm new. I smell new. I look new. I act new. There is something about when you are created in Christ and Christ makes you new, you don't bring in the old ways. You don't act the old way. You don't talk the same way. You are a new creature. Somebody declare in your spirit, I have been given a second chance. I need somebody to get excited about that. You've been given a second chance. How do I know? Because you woke up today. You have been given a second chance to live a better life. How do I know that? Because you woke up today. God has forgotten about what you did yesterday. God has forgotten about where you were yesterday. God says that means nothing to me. But God, I used to be a wife abuser. I know. But when you gave your life to Christ, I made you a new creature. I rebuked all of that. And guess what? Now that's not even 
a desire of yours. But yeah, God, I used to sell drugs, but now guess what? You, you are a seller for me. You are a pusher for me now. You push Christ now. God says, I want you to understand. Somebody scream, I'm new. You can't talk to me the way you used to talk to me because I'm new. You can't come at me the way you used to come at me. Why? Because I am a new creature. Somebody scream, the new me has come. Listen, you got to get to know me all over again. Somebody thinks you're going to go back and forth with them. Tell your neighbor, that ain't me no more. Somebody thinks you're going to have drama with them. Somebody say, that ain't me no more. See, they know what your old buttons are, but they don't know who you are today. So the way you used to react, tell them, that ain't me no more. The old has gone, and the new me is here. And guess what? With the old, there are six spirits that I had to rebuke, but I'm never going to take them back in my life again. Listen, you've got to know that because of a resurrected Christ, you have been freed from some things. Because of a resurrected Christ, you have been freed from a poor spirit mind. You have been freed from a mind abundance. Because of the resurrection of Christ, you've been freed. And that means when you were free, you've got to understand that abundance will always come back to try and get you. That thing that you used to occupy in your life, it's not mad that you're not, it's mad that you're not doing it no more. Listen, that alcohol, that drink, what you used to do, it is not happy. That you stop doing it. So it's always going to try and find a way to get back in. But I am telling you that because of 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, you are a new me. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I have a new manual. <laughs> See, well, this is what the devil doesn't understand. You are now operating under a new manual. What did I tell you in part two series? You cannot take a manual from your old job. And bring that manual to a new job and expect them to just let you come in and have your way. They're telling you, I don't know what y'all used to do, but let me show you how we do it right here. That's all God is trying to tell your body. I know how you used to do it in the world, but that's not how you're going to do it no more. The world has its own manual. The world says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. My manual says turn the other cheek. The world says go and spend all your money in the world. My manual says I'm going to bring my tithes and my offerings back to the house of God. The world says you can disrespect your husband my manual says I've got to respect my husband even when I don't agree with my husband the world says you can do what you want to with your wife the my manual says I am to love my wife as Christ has loved the church the world says you can provoke your kids the Bible says you to not to provoke your kids but to love your kids somebody scream I got a new manual I can't do my life the way I used to do my life. The world says you can get drunk and have a good time. My manual says I've got to do things in orderly and with restrictions. It's not God's desire that you live a bored life. God is not saying you can't do this and you can't do it. Yeah, I rebuke wine. Well, that ain't what my manual said. My manual said that Jesus drunk wine. But in everything, do it in moderation. The world's manual is not giving you restrictions. My manual says, I don't want you drunk all in the street, letting people have an opportunity to have their way with you. My manual says, do it in moderation. My manual says, control yourself. My manual says, have self-control at all times. Somebody scream, I got a new manual. <laughs> 
peacemaker. That's why the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3 and 16, all scripture is God breathed and it is useful for what? Teaching. Oh my God. Come on in here, my manual. Teaching, rebuking, and guess who the manual rebukes? You. It's not rebuking me. I got my own rebuke the manual got to do. Stop trying to tell people I rebuke what you're doing. No, don't you worry about what I'm doing. Handle your own business. My Bible, my manual, it is there to teach me. It is there to rebuke me when I'm wrong. It is there to correct me, and it is there to train me in what? In righteousness. My world manual don't care about me doing what's right. My new manual requires me to do what's right. Somebody scream, the new me has come. See, they waiting on you to cuss them out. Tell them the new me has come. They waiting on you to ride up on them and fight. Somebody tell them the new me has come. They ready for you to get in road rage, honey. Now they come across you, you be like, hey, you got it, dude, because the new me has come. Go on and have your way. I'm going to slow down so you can go on and get in front of me. Why are you acting so wimpy? I'm not acting wimpy. I'm just under a new management. I'm under a new man manual, and it won't let me do what I used to do. Six spirits have never let back into your life. Part one, we talked about the spirit of laziness. I want you guys to go back and listen to those messages. We talked about the spirit of laziness. Laziness will make you okay being okay doing nothing. There are some things this month has ha had to require of me. And guess what? I could not operate in laziness because I would have never achieved the goals I needed to achieve this month had I operated in the spirit of laziness. Laziness will make you okay doing nothing. The spirit of procrastination. Honey, I've been rebuking that spirit for a long time. It will make you miss promised opportunities. When you procrastinate, you will not make it to the destiny on time on the day God wanted you to make it. You were getting ready to get a promotion, and here you go riding up in here at 10 o'clock. But your promotion was based on you being on time. And so now you don't miss the promise opportunity because you was procrastinating at home. You could have made that coffee when you got to work. But the enemy knew what God was trying to do. When I tell you the enemy, look at your neighbor, say neighbor, the enemy knows promotion is your favor. So you better know that the enemy is going to stop any way he can to stop you from being and doing what you need to do. Part two, we talked about the spirit of doubt and the spirit of fear. You guys, these are two spirits that will hinder you from growing. When you doubt yourself, doubt will make you think that everybody else's vision is better or better or better than yours. Doubt will make you push others and restrict yourself. Doubt will make you say, oh, you go on and do it, but doubt won't make you do it. Doubt will make you think that, yeah, I'm not equipped because all I got is a GED. God is not worried about your labels. Because God says, I'm the biggest label. Who are you, G-O-D? And all you need is G-O-D to do whatever you need to do. But you're confining your mind to all I got is a GED. All I got is a bachelor's. Now these folks riding up with masters. But I want to declare in your spirit right now, God can do more with you with your better mindset than he can with your master's degree. 
God don't need a degree to promote you. God don't need a degree to put you at a millionaire's table. God don't need a degree to give you a network that's going to blow your mind. God is not worried about your degree. God is worried about the new you. And the new you can tear down walls. The new you can bridge gaps. The new you can do stuff that the old you would have never been able to do. Somebody scream, I'm excited about the new me. The new me is getting ready to dominate. The new me is getting ready to overtake. The new me is getting ready to flow like I ain't never flown before. And the new me cannot invite doubt back into your mind. Yeah, but I got five kids and five baby daddies. You think God didn't know that when he let it happen? Ain't nobody counting but you. God know what you're working with, and guess what God says? But if you don't doubt yourself, I will do more for you and your five kids than somebody can do with just one. Come on in here, Holy Ghost, and preach. God says you can, you've got to rebuke doubt, and you cannot let fear back into your life. Somebody say, I rebuke those spirits. The spirit of fear will make you refuse to step up. I told you when I remember when I was trying to learn how to swim, I so wanted to learn how to swim. By that time, my sisters and them had mastered it. They were at the John A. White Park having a good time. And here I was, was on the sideline. But this is what fear was making me do. It was making me do this. I wanted to, but I was too afraid. I wanted to, but I was too afraid. I saw the fun, but I was too afraid. Some of y'all doing life just like that. I want to go, but I don't know if they're going to take me. I want to do it, but what if they won't accept me? And all of a sudden, I feel this push come behind me. And here I go, going into the and guess who was behind me my daddy sometimes God will push you sometimes God will push you to that next level somebody said how did I get here look at your neighbor say God had to push you baby because a spirit of fear but what my daddy knew was two things I didn't know what my daddy knew is that he told me how to swim, but what he also knew is in the event I needed help, he was going to jump in. Y'all better come on and help me preach. He knew he told me, but in the event I forgot, God says I'll come and snatch you back up. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, jump, baby. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, go hard, baby. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, just try it, baby. But what if I drown? I got the invisible hand of God that's going to reach down low pull you out and guess what he gonna say now try it again and today and so we talked about the spirit of laziness I'm telling you go back and listen to the messages we talked about the spirit of procrastination we talked about the spirit of doubt we talked about the spirit of fear and now I want to add two more spirits that I want you to never take back in your life I want to talk about the spirit of anger and the spirit of jealousy. Mm, I want to talk about the spirit of anger. Some of y'all need anger management. But even on a spiritual level, you need to learn how to control your anger. Listen, the spirit of anger will make you lose focus. Can I put that in your spirit? The spirit of anger will make you lose focus. The spirit of anger will make you think that the person in front of you is your enemy. The spirit of anger will make you lash out at people of something that God allowed. Yeah. 
God allowed them to mismanage you and now you angry at them. But somebody look at your neighbor and say, but God allowed it. So if you're going to get mad, get mad at God. The spirit of anger will make you lose focus. I can't believe they treated me that way. God let them. Why? Because God didn't want you with them. There are times that God has got to use some strategic things to do because you hard-headed. His old methods weren't working, so he had to do something different. Lord, I can't believe my son ended up in the youth detention. But it separated him from them other six knuckleheads. Let him stay in the youth detention for a little while. God is doing something in his life. I'm mad at the system. No, you should be mad because he didn't do what he was supposed to do. But trust God, God's going to do what he needs to do. The spirit of anger will make you lose focus. I can't believe I had to file for bankruptcy. God had to get you there because you were just way spending money like you lost your mind. God says I had to do that. But I promise you the next dollar that come in your bank account, you're going to know how to manage it. I promise you the next seed I'm getting ready to give you. God says I'm getting ready to blow up your bank account, but I need to make sure you know how to manage every dollar that come into your account. Somebody say, bless me, God. I'm ready now. The spirit of anger will make you mismanage your focus and you will put your focus on the wrong thing. What is anger? A strong, overwhelming feeling of displeasure. I have a displeasure with people that misuse me. And God says, but don't look at the people. Look at how they misuse you. And I said, I see it, God. What you want me to learn from it? He says, now I want you to learn how not to ever connect with those people again. Some of y'all are reconnecting with God tried to disconnect you from. And here you go being mad all over again. God says, I don't know why you mad at them. Why are you not mad at you? I rebuke them and here you go. I want to go back. Ain't nobody else going to love me. That wasn't love. That was a teaching and a training. Somebody better come on with me today. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, hurt will teach and train you. And don't get mad. Don't get mad when God uses it. Listen, Job didn't do nothing to nobody. Job was minding his own business. And because Job knew his kids was out in the world, Job was even fasting and praying for his kids. And all of a sudden, this terrible thing happens. Why did it happen? Because God wanted to prove to the, de to the devil that Job was good. You couldn't find another way, God? But guess what Job said? I learned from the lesson without getting angry. Listen, anger will make you take your eyes off what God is doing and make you focus only on the moment. What about miracle possibilities? Anger will not let you see beyond that. Anger will only focus on the moment. I lost my job. What are you going to do? I'm going to get a gun and I'm going to shoot everybody up. Why? Because you're focusing on the moment. I, he ain't going to treat me like that. What you finna do? I'm finna go and get a brick and I'm finna bust the windows out his car. Why? Because you're focusing only on that moment. Yeah, I'm going to tell everybody about my manager. My manager just hateful. Why are you going to do it? Because my manager overlooked me for a promotion. Why? Because you're focusing only on the moment. 
And when you focus only on the moment, what you don't do is allow God to show you tomorrow. The devil don't want God to show you tomorrow's possibilities because the devil wants to take you out today in this moment. And if the devil can get you so upset that you can't see, peep into the moral, you would think today is a depressing day. But I want somebody to declare, but tomorrow is coming. I want somebody to declare, but I'm waiting on what God going to do tomorrow. The Bible says God will withhold no good thing from me. So that means if today want a good day, don't worry about it, baby. I got tomorrow. Somebody declare your spirit. I got tomorrow. Baby, I ain't going to let you take me out today. I'm waiting on tomorrow. I'm not getting ready to let you lock me up today. I'm waiting on tomorrow. I'm not going to lose all my baby. I'm waiting on somebody to scream tomorrow. Anger will make you focus on that moment. I told you guys a story before that when I was in college and I was dating um, a guy and I realized in his apartment he had somebody else there and it wasn't me. And so I got a little tip that he was going to have somebody, and it wasn't me. So I called myself in that moment, walking out of my dorm, a perfectly good dorm that had AC and everything. And I should have been doing homework. And I called myself walking across this little field. God has so many opportunities to get me not to do what I was getting ready to do. But anger will block the voice of God. And so here I go, walking across this field. And knocking on the door, I, I hear the music, same music we played. I know what's getting ready to happen. Benny and I know what's up. No else at the door. I know what's happening, so I said, okay, no problem. I walk behind the apartment and pick up a brick. Everything about me said, now you know this wrong. But anger in that moment said, we'll, we'll figure it out later. How many of y'all have ever been in a situation where you said, I know this wrong? But I'll figure it out later. That's how some of us got where we are right now. I know this wrong, but I'm going to figure it out later. So I pick up a brick and I throw the brick in the window. Naturally, he comes out upset, whatever, because I'm upset. What I didn't anticipate was that the neighbor next door was going to call the police. <laughs> then from that point, I also worked for the police on campus. Can I show you how anger has a trickle effect? Anger doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody around you and everything connected to you. And so here come the police. He's trying to do his best to say, oh, no, it was just an accident, blah, blah, blah. The police is like, no, it wasn't an accident, whatever, whatever. Well, I work for them. I can't work for them and have a violation. But then all of a sudden, here comes a guy out the car who normally works on my shift. And he says, Wanda, is that you? yeah he said what you do he said don't tell me don't worry about it go back to your dorm Monday I'm walking in this little police station on campus expecting them to give me this little warning and tell me whatever and he taps me on his on the shoulder and he says don't say nothing don't do nothing I didn't report nothing you better come on in here Holy Ghost God will have somebody to protect you even when you're being a fool even when you outside the hand of God this is why I say the prayers of the righteous availeth much my mama prayers got me out of that baby my grandma prayers got me out of that baby look at your look at your neighbor and say don't you stop praying for them hard headed kids don't you stop praying for them bad kids your prayers gonna 
anger in that moment could have gotten me kicked out of school, lost a job. But guess what? I was so consumed with anger for that moment. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, don't let the moment kill your dreams. Anger will handle what you're going on and only think about in the moment. Anger will make you take your eyes off of what God is doing and make you focus only on the moment. Anger will not consider tomorrow's possibilities. Anger ain't looking at what can happen tomorrow. Because guess who's in control of anger? The devil. The devil don't want you to look at what can happen tomorrow. The devil want to take you out today. Point to your neighbor say, the devil trying to take you out today. I don't know what you're thinking, but if you're thinking the devil ain't trying to take you out, you done lost your mind. Next time you get angry, angry you better tell the devil, not today, devil. The next time the devil trying to make you, you better tell him, not today, devil. I'm not getting ready to give you no joy, not over my life. Anger is so focused on the moment that anger cannot see miracle opportunity. Anger cannot see that God was trying to show me this was not the person for me. So I couldn't see the miracle around the corner, which was another friend that he had that had been looking at me from a distance. And he had been looking and saying, all while this thing, the person for you. But when I finally separated that from that person, he slowly tiptoed in to be one of the best boyfriends I done ever had. But anger was not allowing me to see that opportunity. Look at your neighbor said there's opportunities beyond the anger. Oh my God, there are opportunities beyond the anger. Can I say that again? There are opportunities beyond the anger. Somebody scream, I'll never take you back. Anger blocks rational thinking. You gotta control your anger. Anger will not allow you to see other opportunities. When you take anger back, you lose hope. You lose hope of what can happen. You lose hope of possibilities whenever you allow anger to come back in your life. Somebody just needs to understand. What, what, what does the Bible say about anger? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says in John 1 and 19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be what? Quick to what? Quick to what? Quick to what? Slow to what? Slow to what? And slow to anger. You should be quick to listen. Listen, that's why your kids don't want to talk to you. Because they already know you're going to go on 12 before you even hear what they got to say. Why you ain't talk to your mom about it? I already know here how this going to turn out. You should be quick, quick. It didn't say slow. It says quick. There are times that I listen to my child. I already know what she's going with this. But my new manual tells me to listen. Y'all ain't following your manual. You fussing before you listen. That ain't what our new manual said, people. That was the old manual. The old manual said judge before they get to the end. The new manual said, just heal them out. Listen, what they did, you don't probably already did. You already know what they going with it, but just heal them out anyway. I know where her conversation is going, but I listen to her without judgment. And then guess what? That little ending part makes a difference. Slow the anger. 
Because while I'm listening, I'm not getting happy. I'm getting angry. But guess what I'm doing? I'm listening first. Because that's what my new manual tells me to do. Be quick to listen. When people are coming to you, be quick to listen. Listen, your husband want to talk? Be quick to listen. Don't interrupt him. Somebody scream, don't interrupt. Listen, I'm saying this to most of the women because this is the hard part for us. What? But I got the answer. He didn't ask you for the answer. Just listen. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And look what the last part says. Slow to what? Become angry. It never says never get angry. It says to become angry. Become means to begin to be. Slow to begin to be angry, not start angry. You can't wake up angry and be following the manual of God. How you wake up angry? You ain't a new creature. Your new ain't came. That's your old man. Before you gave God your heart, you woke up angry. Now you still waking up angry? You ain't new yet. What manual are you operating with? How you come in and work at 8 o'clock cussing? This one a build up? How you listen? This should have been a build up. How you already got words for me first thing in the morning? That ain't what your new manual says. The new manual says I will rise up and give God praise. The new manual says every day I wake up I will honor God. The new manual says I will enter into the house of the Lord with thanksgiving. The new manual didn't say I'm going to cuss them out before 10 o'clock. That ain't what the new manual said, people. He says to be slow to become angry. Listen, can I tell you something? The Bible says, and Jesus on one occasion went into the temple, the tabernacle, and he was so angry, he turned over the tables. But can I tell you something? He went to the temple the day before. When he went to the temple the day before, he saw what they were doing. But guess what he was doing? Becoming slow to be angry. He went back the next day and they were still doing the same old crazy stuff. And I can hear God saying, now, Jesus, if they still doing the same stuff, just throw all the tables and knock them over, Jesus. Every last one of them. Knock over the coin, change the market, knock them all over. Because guess what? He says, God, I followed your manual. Look what the Bible says in James 1 and 20. Why should I be slow to anger? Because human anger does not produce righteousness. That God desires. Human anger, that doesn't give God any glory. Look what the Bible says in, in, in Proverbs 22 and 24. I need y'all to see this part. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 24. Can I get y'all to see this part? Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 24. God says, can I pick your friends for you? Go ahead, Jesus. And then look at what he says. Do not make friends with hot-tempered persons. Do not associate one that is easily what? Angered. Y'all are getting connected with people that are easily angered, getting yourself in a situation, and you walk away shot, and they walk away okay. It is the company that you keep that's stirring up strife, and they walking away okay, and you walking away injured. Why? Because your manual told you not to connect to them. You the sweetest person in the bunch and everybody else around you is a cussing demon, a fighting demon. Why is you there? Because you have allowed a spirit that you rebuked. Because know this, 
you were in the crowd because y'all resembled each other in the beginning. But then you came hope to a new manual and you didn't read Proverbs 22 and 24 in the new manual. It says, do not make friends with hot-headed temper people. In other words, God said those people are going to get you killed. Those people are going to get you in jail. Those people are going to get you somewhere where you don't belong. Look what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7 and 9. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of the foolish. Anger lives in the lap of the foolish. You know what that means? That means if anger is in you, if I just provoke you a little bit, it's going to be easy to stir it up. And that's why the Bible says don't let people provoke you. They just made me angry. No, they didn't. You allowed them to be around you to make you angry, and you didn't have control over what was inside of you. Stop blaming people. Yeah, I hit them because they made me angry. No, you hit them because you didn't control your anger, and you probably just wanted to hit somebody. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 14 and 29. Whoever is patient has great understanding. Can I show you guys 14 and 29? Whoever is patient has great understanding. What that means is whoever is patient understands that my dreams, my purpose, and my life means more to me than dealing with anger and anger situations. When you have great understanding, what you're saying is that, guess what? I understand that the devil don't want me to be here. I understand that the devil don't want me happy. I understand that the devil don't want me to raise my kids. And when you understand the plans of the enemy, guess what the Bible says? When you're patient, you have understanding, but he who was quick-tempered is foolish. They don't understand the plan of God is for you to live and not die. They don't understand that, guess what? God wants you and your family to be great. So guess what they try and do? They try and make sure you're in situations that challenge your next day living. I used to tell my daughter all the time, I'd rather you be a wimp and walk away and be alive than to try and challenge somebody and try and prove to somebody who you are. You ain't got to prove to nobody you're a great man or a great woman of God. My best proof is that God woke me up. My best proof is that God's hand is still on my life. I ain't got to prove nothing to you. I ain't got to prove with my fist how amazing I am. All I got to do, do is let you know I woke up today. How you know you're great? I woke up today. How you know you're blessed? I woke up today. How you know God's still hand is still on you? I woke up today. How many of my people woke up today? That's all the proof you need need to let the enemy know you can't take me out Proverbs 15 and 1 a gentle answer somebody look at your neighbor say neighbor a gentle answer turns away wrath listen you ain't got to be so mean with your answers can you do this I said no you don't understand the assignment of God you gonna say that to the wrong person that's out of the in the world and they gonna try and take you out because guess what God knows that come next month he got a blessing with your name on it and if the enemy can take you out before you get that blessing guess what you'll start blaming God for what happened that one God fault God told you to be quiet God told you to walk away God told you to find a better wisdom way look foolish means unwise a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger Listen, somebody declare in your spirit. Declare this in your spirit. Declare this in your spirit. Declare this. Say, I, I believe, believe in miracles. When you believe in miracles, you will allow the new creature in you 
to let anger just walk on by. I tell you, and, and I always tell you about the story with my daughter in the garage and her first day driving to high school on her own. She was so excited. She did not let the garage go up in the midst of her trying to go backwards. And the garage door buckled under the pressure of a car that shouldn't be hitting it. And had I not been a new creature, the words that could have come out my mouth in that moment. But because I believe in miracles and I believe in the unction of God and being a new creature, I had to take a deep breath and say, baby, what were you doing? She says, I thought I let the garage up. And then she busts out crying. She's also in the, pro in the process of going to high school and going to um, a high school. And in that moment, God said, I need you to use wisdom and not anger. And so I gently said, no problem. We're going to work this out. Look at your neighbor say, no problem. We're going to work this out. A gentle answer is better than a hard answer. We're going to work this out. To this day, she will tell you, I tell you, thank you for not being so mad that it just frustrated you and it killed my whole day. Even though the garage killed my whole day. But I knew God was going to work out a miracle in the midst of it. Listen. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the spirit of anger cannot come back. The spirit of jealousy will make you overlook your blessings. You guys, I need y'all to focus on this. The spirit of jealousy will make you overlook your blessings. Jealousy, envy, it's a, it's a hostile toward a rival or one believed to enjoy an advantage. When you are jealous of somebody, you think they have an advantage. You think they have an advantage on you. Oh, because they live in a big house. That's what I want. They have an advantage over me. They also got some big bills. They also got some big headaches. Baby, you better be happy for your one-bedroom apartment. You got little bills with little headaches. And here you go jealous over somebody that you think got an advantage. And then what you don't know is you going home to peace. They going home to mess. You don't know what's happening in that big house. You don't know what's happening in that big building. And here you thinking about they got an advantage over me. But guess what you just forgot? How blessed you are. You are so blessed that you are focused on somebody else that you are now overlooking your blessing. Somebody scream, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Jealousy is a feeling of resentment and bitterness towards someone that has something that you feel like you don't have. But can I tell you what the Bible says? I will provide all of your needs. Look at your neighbor say, your needs, not my needs. Baby, my needs look different from you. What I need is different from what you need. So God may not give you what I got, but it don't mean that you have to be jealous, but he gonna give you what you need. He says, God will bless you with what you need. And you're sitting here thinking, yeah, but I want what they got. God says, but you don't need that. And I've given you the favor sufficient for what it is you need. Can I tell you Israel's biggest problem when they was going through um, um, the desert? <coughs> they were looking at other kingdoms, and they saw that other kingdoms had golden calves. So time Moses went up the mountain, guess what Israel did? Try and build a golden calf. Here go Israel. Y'all bring all y'all go take them earrings, hoop, hoops off and bring them. We finna melt them down. Come on, got iron up. That Rolex gotta go. We finna melt it down. Why? Because they wanted to have what other kingdoms had. They were looking at what other people had and they forgot how blessed they were. They had the God of all gods. They had the Messiah. They had the Holy One. And they had a God that could do stuff that a golden calf couldn't do. 
but because they were looking at what everybody else had. Joseph's brothers were too busy looking at Joseph and his many colors of coat that they forgot that they also had a great father and they were blessed. Jealousy will make you think that you're not blessed. Jealousy will make you think that you're not blessed. Jealousy will make you think that you're not blessed. Jealousy gives you a spirit of amnesia. How you doing? I'm okay, but you know what? My foot hurts. Somebody ain't even got no foot. Jealousy will give you a spirit of amnesia. It will make you forget how amazing and how blessed you are to be above and uh, above ground. How you doing? I got to walk to the bus stop. Somebody is on oxygen right now. They wish they could just walk from their bed to the front door of, of, of their hospital room. And you mad because you got to walk to a bus stop? Jealousy will give you a spirit of amnesia. It will make you forget how blessed you are. I got five kids, but guess what? All five of them living under your roof. And guess what? God is making sure all y'all fed. Yeah, but we need support from the government. But at least you getting it. When you look at what other people have, you say, yeah, but they got so much more than me. Because guess what? God is not done training you. God is not done teaching you. Somebody point to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is not done blessing you. God's not done blessing you. He's not done with you yet. How do I know that? Because you woke up today. Jealousy destroys you from within. It weakens what God has placed inside of you. Jealousy is an inside fight. And everything that God has put inside of you, jealousy is fighting it. And so jealousy is weakening you from the inside. Jealousy will make you try and impress people instead of impacting people. Jealousy will make you try and walk in and say, ooh, I look good. But then the person next, sitting next to you just came from an abusive relationship. You think they care about your red bottoms? You think they care because your three-piece suit is nice? They trying to figure out how to get out of a shelter. You think they care about your purse? Because jealousy will make you impress instead of impact. Because when you ain't trying to impress nobody and you trying to impact a life, you said, God, sit somebody next to me where I can discern their spirit. Sit somebody next to me so I can discern what they're going through, so I can pray for them. Sit somebody next to me where I can figure out they're in a depressed mode and I can just touch them. I want you to understand that the Bible tells us that on one occasion, Peter was healing people and people kept bringing people to Peter so people could heal Peter. And people start saying, I don't even know if you got to touch them, Peter. I just I want your shadow to just cover them. I want your shadow to bless them. Somebody better start telling God, I want to be so impactful that my presence impacts somebody. That my presence stirs up something in somebody. That my presence breaks the spirit of depression. That my presence breaks the spirit of going down. I want just my presence to impact them. I ain't trying to impress nobody. Somebody say, I can be a blessing in Walmart clothes. I just want you to know that when you are trying to impact somebody's life, I don't care about your car. What I care about, can you get a prayer through? I don't care about your house. I want to know, my child is broken. Can you get a prayer through? I'm looking for prayer breakers. I'm looking for prayer warriors. I'm looking for prayer destroyers. I'm looking for somebody that don't mind coming against the enemy, knowing you're going to come out a victor. I'm looking for somebody that'll ride on the devil's head and don't worry about what you got on. 
Because when you're trying to impress, you don't want to sweat in your new clothes. But when you're trying to impact, baby, you will take off your wig, take off your ponytail, whatever you got to do. Let your child get in trouble. I ain't trying to impress nobody. I am going for the neck of the devil to let him know he destroyed. Jealousy keeps you. I want y'all to see this as we get ready to bring this together. Jealousy keeps you in a competitive mode instead of a complete mode. When you are jealous, you are forever trying to compete. Maybe if I sew my hair in, he'll like me better. If he didn't like you with your hair, what makes you think he gonna like you with Asian hair? Why are you trying to compete for something that God has destroyed? God destroyed that. God broke that. And you trying to compete? Yeah, but maybe if I dress a little better, maybe my manager will see who I am. You ain't got to impress your manager. You got to impact lives and impact the, what God has given you. God says promotions don't come from this level. Promotions come from heaven down. All I got to do is impact and let God do what God going to do. I ain't got to compete with you. Look at your neighbor said no more competition. Why are you competing with people that God ain't even on your level? Jealousy will keep you in a competitive mode instead of a complete mode. Because when you ain't jealous, you end up telling people, oh, I'm complete. What could you have done? Nothing. God wanted this to happen. He let this happen a long time ago. I'm just going to wake up and let God do what God needs to do. I ain't trying to compete with nobody. But somebody scream, but I'm complete. In God, I am complete. I have everything God needed me to have in order to do what God needed me to do. When you take jealousy back, you forget about how blessed you are. Proverbs 14 and 30 says, a heart of peace gives life to the body. You see what gives life to your body? Peace. Do you see what gives life to your body? Peace. You see what gives life to your body? Peace. But envy and jealousy rots your bones. You know where your bones are inside your body. Something you cannot even get to. And when your bones are destroyed, baby, you might as well just call it a day. And jealousy is such a bone eater that it would destroy you from the inside out. But what gives you life? Somebody scream peace. When you can smile in the midst of the enemy, tell them I'm walking with peace. When you can smile knowing all your bills ain't paid yet, but baby, I'm walking in peace. When you know that it ain't working the way you want it to work, but you still got to smile, somebody lift up your hands and say, but I got peace. Baby, I'll take peace over money any day. I will take peace over a bad relationship any day. Baby, I will take peace over confused friends any day. Give me some peace. A heart of peace gives life to the body. But jealousy will brittle your bones. It will weaken you. Look at what the Bible, I want y'all to see what the Bible says in Acts 5 and 9. Because the patriarchs were jealous of who? Joseph. They sold him into slavery. But look what the Bible says. But God was with him. God said, go on and let them be jealous, Joseph. I got something that's going to bless you real good. Joseph walked out in peace and ended up delivering his own whole generation. Because God said, what they do to you, I'm going to have to bring it all the way back around. Somebody better do this to your enemy. Say, baby, it's coming full circle. It's coming full circle. If you don't think you ain't going to have to come back here, you done lost your mind. God is 
listen. Look what the Bible says in Galatians 6 and 4. Each, how do I deal with jealousy? How do I not let this back into my life? How do I rebuke jealousy and keep it out? Uh, let me tell you what Galatians 6 and 4 says. Each one, somebody scream each one. Somebody scream each one. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that means you. Each one should test their own actions. Go do what you need to do. Go and live and dominate the way you need to live. Then they can take pride in what? Themselves and themselves alone. So guess what? While you're competing with somebody, you are complete enough to do everything God has ordained you to do. And while you're trying to compete with somebody, it's going to wear you out. So now because you're competing, you're too tired to go and do what God has completed you to do. God completed you to find your degree, but because you're competing, you're tired. Let each one test his own. In other words, go and somebody point to your neighbor and say, neighbor, and go and get yours. Listen, go get what God has promised you, and it ain't what somebody else got. That ain't your promise. Yeah, but I want a husband like him. You don't know how he is when the door closed. Let God give you who God has ordained you for, Tom, for, for you to have. Yeah, but he's so nice. That's out in public. Yeah, I want wife like her. She fine. So what? She fine, but she don't cook. Yours might be a little overweight, but at least she cooked two times a week. Listen, go improve and go do what you need to do with what God has given you. Stop trying to compete and try. I want to go after this. Ah, go and be complete in God. And God has given you everything that you need. Listen, declare this in your spirit. I am blessed. Jealousy will give you amnesia and make you think you're not blessed. And make you think you've got to have what somebody else has. But somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you complete. Listen, you ain't got to add nothing. You ain't got to. Listen, you are complete in God. And you are blessed. Part one, we made two declarations, and I want you guys to go back with me as we close out with these declarations. Part one, we declared this. Somebody say, I want to die while living. That was our first declaration when we did part one. Somebody say, I want to die while living. Can somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't you keep waiting for that trip. You better die living. You better get out of the state of Georgia. You better go and apply for a job you don't qualify for. You better go and figure out how to live your best life. Somebody say, I want to live on ready. God, I'm ready. What you got for me? I'm ready for it. Listen, I'm ready for everything. And I want to live on ready goes against being, being a procrastinator. I want to live on ready, says, God, whatever you got for me, I'm ready for. What are we doing? Where are we going? What we got going on? Somebody get excited about your life. Get excited about what God is doing for you. God didn't wake you up just to wake you up. God got a plan that's in store for you that's going to blow your mind. Somebody declare in your spirit, I want what eyes have not seen. I want what ears have not heard. I want those things gonna blow my mind come on in here holy ghost i want to live on ready i want to die living i want everything that god has in store for me bring it on god i'm ready 
for it. And the new creature knows how to handle it now. The new creature knows how not to mismanage it. Parts two's declaration for week two was somebody declare, I believe in me. Ooh, y'all, I like this one right here. I believe in me and everything within me. Everything that's inside of me, somebody say, I believe it. If don't nobody else believe it, somebody say, I believe it. You can't be great. The devil is a lie. I believe in everything that's inside of me. Greatness is inside of me. Anointing is inside of me. A prayer warrior is inside of me. A demon killer is inside of me. A demon slayer is inside of me. And I believe everything's inside of me. Promotion is inside of me. Elevation is inside of me. A prayer warrior is inside of me. A money magnet is inside of me. A debt killer is inside of me. I believe of everything that's inside of me. Somebody scream, I believe in me. You ain't got to ever believe in me. You ain't never got to clap for me. You ain't never got to shout for me. But baby, I believe. Somebody tell your neighbor, say neighbor. They might not clap for me. But give me about five seconds. no people to clap for you you know how amazing you are you know how awesome you are why you know you're amazing because i woke up today because god allowed me to see a new day god don't let mess wake up i'm not a messy person i'm a blessed person and i believe in me and somebody screaming i'm ready for my next what's next for you i don't know but i'm ready for it what door God, what door God gonna open? I don't know, but I'm ready for it. What window God gonna bust? I don't know, but I'm ready for it. What relationship God gonna send your way? I don't know, but I'm ready for it. Where your next network coming from? I don't know, but I'm ready for it. Where your million dollars gonna come from? I don't know, but I'm ready for it. I don't know what God's getting ready to do, but somebody scream, I'm ready for my got no idea but somebody scream but I'm ready for it no idea and then today we close out with our part three somebody declare I believe in miracles and I am blessed as we close out six spirits to never let back into your life I want you to micromanage these spirits. And I want to make sure you, these spirits never rise back up in your life. Let me tell you something. When I look at Martha, what is Martha's last name that went to prison? There you go. How you go to prison and come out with a TV show? Can I tell you how? Because even if y'all didn't believe in her, Martha believed and believed in Martha. Some of y'all won't get there because y'all think y'all past going to hinder y'all from getting where you need to go. Sometimes your past will propel you. Sometimes your past will push you past people that doubted you. Can I say that again? Sometimes your past will push you past people that doubted you. Can I say it one more time? Sometimes your past will push you past people that doubted you. I like it so much I'm going to say it a fourth time. Sometimes your past 
past will push you past people that doubted you push me past some god push me past my enemy push me past those that thought i was done push me past those that thought i was out push me past those that thought they was gonna throw dirt on me push me past my enemies go on and push me i'm ready Somebody scream the spirit of laziness. Cannot come back. Spirit of procrastination. Cannot come back. Spirit of doubt. You can't come back. Spirit of fear. You out of here. Spirit of anger. Can't linger. Spirit of jealousy. You got to go. You got to declare in your spirit. These are six things that can never come back into my life. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. You're not welcome here. You can't come back here. I'm better than that. Somebody scream, the new me is here to stay. Can somebody get excited about that and say the new me <laughs> is here to stay? Baby, you're not going to hear all the cussing. You ain't going to hear all the rumbling. You ain't going to hear all the craziness about why? Because the new me is here. And the new me is here to stay. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. 